0: Welcome to Honest Conversations, a Folk Tales mini-series exploring all things mental well-being as part of the 2021 Mental Health Awareness Week. This year's theme is nature, and at Boat Folk we're firm believers in the power of the water to help soothe the soul. Each day this week we'll be speaking to a member of the Boat Folk community who will share their first-hand experiences of grappling with their own mental health. We hope you enjoy listening.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to come in and talk to us today. I know that it's a busy time for you with the summer just kicking off and the sun coming back out. So for everyone listening at home, it's Steve from Portland here and I'm with Alex Sergison, the owner and founder of Adventure for All, which is a business that operates out of the marina here. And we're talking today as part of the Mental Health Awareness Week's mini-series of podcasts. And one of the things I want to talk to to Alex about today, is the role of adventurous activity in managing our mental health and our stress levels, but also in giving, giving back, giving back to the community, giving back to ourselves in some respects, um, and also an opportunity to, to give to others and to help others. So, Alex, welcome.
0: Thank you, E. Good no, pleasure.
1: No worries at all. Right. So, first of all, uh, Adventure for All, how did it all start? What was the inspiration behind it all? Tell us more about the business.
0: I've been in the, uh, the outdoor industry my entire life. Um, I I actually grew up here on Portland um, and I I was super lucky. I went to Castle Cove Sailing Club. Uh, My school also offered sailing. So my background was was really sailing and then later windsurfing. I went off and I actually um, did a course at UKSA on the Isle of Wight. And then from there, I was offered a job at Sunsurf out in the Med. And I still remember to this day going home to say to my parents that I wasn't going to university, but I was going to go to the Mediterranean and live like a legend on a yacht for, uh, for a few months. Amazing. Um, and I remember to this day, my t- parents turning around and saying, yeah, we knew you weren't going to university. We just needed you to uh, to sort that out on your own. head <laughs> And make the decision for yourself. So um, that, that's how it started, really. When I got back from, um, and I spent I spent almost 10 years working abroad, and then when I finished, I did a few different jobs in the UK, um, mainly commercially based, uh, windsurfing, sailing schools, a bit of yachting. And then I was picked up by Weymouth College. And for Weymouth College, I was recruited to, um, to do some work um, around building an outdoor education department for the college um, as part of the legacy for the 2012 Olympics, which, which was obviously really exciting stuff. spent, again, almost 10 years doing that which was lovely. And I really liked seeing the kids progress through um, and I liked the college environment. But there was always just this sort of this need that I, I needed to be doing something a bit more for myself in my own way. And I sort of uh, ended up struggling a little bit with the, um, the confines of working in the public sector and it maybe not moving quite as fast or in the right direction as far as I was concerned. And uh, yeah.
1: As I said, the benefit of having your own business is being able to appreciate it and move it in whichever direction you...
0: Need. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, you're able to move at your own speed. If you want to, um, to to do something in your own business, you do it. You don't have to ask anyone else. You're not accountable to anyone else, which is uh, how I how I thrive and I'm able to push myself a bit harder there. And, and actually, I have to say, the, the department we set up um, at the college and um, more, more lately, my, my partner and partner at Adventurefall, I, um, my fiancé and, and mother of my children, also worked with me um, developing this department at the college. It was quite successful and we had about 40 members of staff in it. And it just got to the point where I was stuck inside every day. And it was literally an epiphany moment. I got quite down about it. I sort of felt quite stuck, quite trapped. And I woke up one morning and went, this this isn't right. I could be doing anything. You know, I could be working in the city. I could be doing any job, anywhere. All awesome. I'm doing is shuffling paper, writing risk assessments, managing other people. This isn't what I got into the outdoor industry for. So adventure 4 literally came from there. I, I woke up one morning and I walked into college and went, I'm not happy. Um, I've got quite down about this. What can we do? And actually, as it happened, the college was very, very supportive. They allowed me to cut down my hours to two and a half days a week, um, and then they allowed me to build up my uh, my own business around my commitments to college over a few years, and then basically make myself redundant so I could step into um to Adventure for All full time, and not look back.
1: Amazing, and that was how many years ago now? Six years ago, to say. Uh,
0: so this is this will be my third summer of having nothing but Adventure for All. So yeah, I spent three years. Transitioning from college to uh, to adventureful, and as I said, what I what I did was basically made myself redundant at the college, and we backfilled my position there, and um, allowed me to build my business up around it.
1: Brilliant. Well would you say that when you were younger, you did you give much thought to your your mental health? Just moving on to that subject slightly, you openly admit there that you know, you, you weren't happy with the role at Weymouth College, and it was that unhappiness that, that sparked the amazingness that is now adventure for all but would you would you say that when you were younger it wasn't really something you gave much thought to at all and that's something that's become more of a
0: i would say i was probably a stereotypical chap and literally until a few years ago i would have been one of these guys who went talking about mental health and um uh, it's, it's a weakness so uh, you know it's, it doesn't really exist depression anxiety it's not really there you just need to tough up a bit and, and get on with it and it's not actually until you have it and you suffer from it it sort of gives you a bit of a slap around the face and you go yeah, it's a bit more serious than all that. You know, actually, mm. it is actually uh, <laughs> something that's it's not just weakness. It can happen to any of us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and uh, I think a lot of people, um, as you say, don't really kind of think too much about it until they're, they're knee-deep in it and then suddenly it's, it's something that you really need to address. Um, so it's really good that you, you recognise that early on and managed to do something about it.
0: Not too early. I'm 42 now, so uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not too early. I wish I'd been a bit younger when I had recognised it.
1: Uh, true. but do you, I mean in terms of getting out, I mean you've always been an outdoorsy person you, the outdoors is is well documented that being outside and, and getting outside is really good for your mental health and we' just previous to to sitting down to record this, we were just talking about getting out on the water and how just fifteen minutes on the boat sitting on the water and a bit of chill time is is way better than or has been more effective than therapies and talking and, and various other um, ways of, of dealing with, with mental health issues. So in terms of you getting out in adventure sports, how do you feel their role plays in, in managing people's mental health? And...
0: I'm not even sure it's, it's necessarily have to be an adventure sport. Um, I, for me and my, uh, my experience of it, it's more to do with focus and um, just giving you opportunities to push everything else aside. Um, and I think there's, there's certainly some of us who are more susceptible to um, maybe, you know, you can look at it as a weakness or a strength, it's, it's up to you, but um, you know, pushing yourselves harder and, and having sort of quite high aspirations for ourselves and our family, and that becomes all-encompassing and if you allow it to, it will just take over your life, and you know, it's just in your head the whole time, and, and no one can deal with that. And so for me, taking part in sport, you know, outdoor and adventurous activity sport is my passion, but... I think any sport, anything outdoors, anything indoors, to be honest, it's just something that makes you focus on something other than work yeah. um, can only, only be a positive thing. So, yeah, for me, you know, the, the sports that really work are, are ones where I'm out of my comfort zone, I'm been to push myself, um, I'm able to really focus on what I'm doing and, and I'm learning because that means my, my brain is completely focused on that. It's not focused on any of the other sort of uh, junk that's going on in the background. Yeah, I
1: know when I'm halfway up a climb, especially if I'm leaning, then... My, my brain is very much focused on trying not to fall off, um, rather than, you know, what's going on at work. So, yeah, it really does help take you out of the, the, the everyday situations, isn't it? Just, you're talking about taking it away from work and helping to focus your mind elsewhere. How does that work for you in terms of your work is your, your adventure sport or your, your, your chance to get away? Do you find that actually the two combined and overlap too much and you have to take yourself away from doing activities for work? Or is it a case of they are very, very much separate and you're able to separate out between the the bits that are work and the bits of this is time for me?
0: No, not at all. You mean when, when I'm taking a group out, co-steering, for example, co-steering is a pretty full-on activity. Yeah. Um, and so... My, my brain is absolutely 100% on keeping those people safe, make sure they have the, the best possible experience, and, and looking after myself out in the water. I think everyone's got trigger points. For me, it's not working outdoors, it's not the sort of the day-to-day stuff, it's just things in the background. I mean, my, my trigger at the college was the fact, and I, and I know this looking back on it, it was the fact that I was stuck in this public sector role, which was sort of fundamentally guided by the government, you know, there's, there's only so much myself as an individual can, can do to change its path. Even if, even if I can I'll scream my head off, look, this is wrong, this is wrong. You could do this better. You can make this more efficient. And when no one does anything about it or you can't sort of force it um, from inside, that for me is, is very, very difficult. And it's the same thing, you know, struggled over the winter. We're lucky enough to have a, a rental property that we, we rent out. We had, we had some problems with that. We got stuck in a legal system over the winter same thing you know it's public sector it's a massive massive set of cogs and there's absolutely no way that I can can I make that change I I can look at it and I can complain and go you know this isn't fair this isn't right this is taking too long but no one's going to do anything about it at the end of the day. And, you know, it's very different if, if I'm off paddleboarding or if I'm off coasteering because I'm absolutely responsible for myself and the people I've got out there. And that is absolutely it. No one has um, any authority o- over what I'm doing. It's my choice to say whether we run or we don't run that day because of the conditions. And it's, it, it's up to me to make sure um, my clients have a really positive experience from it. And, you know, when I'm doing that, actually, uh, there's no strain, there's no stress. Although the activities are run... You, Plenty of people looking and go, oh, that must be stressful. <laughs> you taking people jumping off cliffs and swimming yeah, through yeah. caves underwater and that sort of thing. Well, for me, that's it's not stressful. That's just second nature. And I find very much comfortable and I'm very happy doing that. It's the stuff in the background that's that's what I struggle with.
1: Yeah. yeah got you. And you. We didn't really touch on that earlier, but you were saying about going out and doing your own uh, paddle boarding and that sort of stuff. You've done some fairly exciting adventures abroad in, in some pretty isolated places. How has that helped you to push your own boundaries in, in terms of finding what you're capable of and what you can do? Again, you know, it's
0: not really things I've ever really thought about. We've done a couple of first ascents of rivers in different spots, one in Guatemala where... I worked off a map of Guatemala. We didn't know what was down the river. It was it was a massive river up on the, the border of Mexico. As you can imagine, uh, some nasties uh, along there. And then we're not talking about crocodiles in the water either. And I didn't think twice, you know, didn't didn't even cross my mind that it was a problem. Just um, popped the paddleboard in at one end and um, popped out the other four days later at the other and camped out in between on my own. And, you know, quite happy. Didn't stress, didn't, didn't worry. Because, you know, once you become sort of acclimatised to being outside, it does just become second nature. And that's where you're most comfortable. And again, because you're out there, you're looking after yourself and you're more about navigating the the river and um, what you're going to come up against. There's no time for any of those sort of of menial things that that can cause you stress in real life. Maybe I'm just trying to escape.
1: (laughs) Everyone needs an escape. And that's partly what paddleboarding and and that sort of thing gives to a lot of people. And there's been a bit of an explosion with paddleboarding in the UK, especially with the last year with the pandemic people wanting to just get out and do something everyone's got to find their escape somewhere and the sea is a pretty good place to do it provided you are safe on the water yeah so you mentioned earlier you've got a family now two young children how has that changed your perspective on managing risk especially in your own life and your own activities
0: it definitely has changed but mainly when i've got my children around me I think generally because because of the nature of what I do is uh, I take kids jumping off cliffs and I take kids paddleboarding and kayaking and uh, rock climbing. I sort of see risks and accidents happening way before they are going to happen or, or even become a problem. I generally have to, I do struggle with that a little bit of i sort of taking, letting go of the reins a little bit and allowing my kids to, to have a few accidents and bumps and breezes, whatever, because I know I, can, I could easily turn into one of those daddies who's hovering over them the whole time. And, and my, my kids are generally... Covered in bumps and bruises, which I, I see as being as a positive thing. For myself, I think you learn a bit of fear as you get older. Yeah, two weeks before uh, my little boy was um, born, was the last time I got myself into serious trouble. And um, I mean, I, I came probably the closest I've ever come to drowning. Um, and I went out to um, Morocco um, to get the biggest swell of the year that year, and surfed so quite a large point break in Morocco. And my leash broke, and, uh, and I went under, got pinned down for a while, and had about an hour of swim to get back in. And you know. Two weeks later, I have my little boy, and I look back and going, God, I know I was pretty close to not being here for that. Maybe I need to uh, maybe I need to think uh, think a bit more carefully about what I'm doing for myself because actually, you know, I've got, I've got other people to look after now.
1: Focuses the mind a bit more. So let's move on to, to the side of the business, the things that you've been doing with children who have struggled following the pandemic and the lockdown to re-engage and to get back into to school life and that sort of thing. So you've been taking these groups out now for pretty much almost a year, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah,
0: different groups are on and off for a year. But, it, it, I mean, it's not just now. It's, I think it's been aggravated by um, by COVID and the repetitive lockdowns and the, the disruption to school life. But, you know, the, these kids are out there the whole time. Unfortunately, more and more kids are suffering with mental health problems and, and anxiety and, and everything else, you know, and teaching them sort of coping strategies through through being outdoors, only be a positive as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh giving back to the community and, and one of the, the topics. So we're talking about mental health awareness week, which is tenth to sixteenth of May. And one of the five themes around this year's Mental Health Awareness Week is give. So looking at what you, you do with these youth groups to try and build their confidence and uh, their ability to their resilience, I guess, isn't it? Their mental resilience.
0: Yeah, yeah, mental resilience, confidence. A lot, of, a lot of these kids have, have never been pushed or challenged or um, really been, been encouraged to show aspiration, I think, as much as anything. You know, so um, they sort of struggle to find where they fit and um, what their role is. And it's just, for a lot of them, it's just, you know, just showing them a bit of self-worth um, and showing that they can succeed. A lot of these kids, they struggle in the classroom. And I have to say, I, I, although I was very lucky at the school I went to. I could easily have be been one of those kids. I'm not naturally... Um, someone who's, who's comfortable in an office or, or in a classroom environment. So I do, do feel empathy for them. Um, you know, that's um, the, the, the beauty of being human, really, is that we're all good at some things and not so good at others. And you just have to find what you are good at. And these kids sometimes have just never really had the opportunity to see that, all right, I might not be good at maths and English, but i pretty good at climbing or I'm really good at paddleboarding or, or whatever else. And that, that there are things out there that they, they, they can enjoy and they potentially could make a career out of.
1: Absolutely. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, as you said earlier. So being able to give back to that community, being able to give back to those kids and, and seeing them as almost yourself, as you know, parts of yourself as a youngster as well how does that feel for you as as a as a business owner but also the ability to be able to do that how does that make how does that help your mental health in some respects
0: it's just something very comfortable doing I said I was incredibly lucky with my 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 parents um, which is my mum my, my my stepdad but also um uh, my school environment and I would say that I was certainly one of those youngsters if I didn't have that support network around me I could have easily gone off in a different direction but I was really lucky. Um, some of these these youngsters out here, you know, they're equally as lucky, but they've just taken a wrong turn or a wrong path or, or something's happened just to push them in, in that wrong direction. And it's it's quite rewarding knowing that you can give them a nudge. And sometimes it is just a little nudge mm. um, and you can put them back on the right path again. And for sure, just because of the nature of what we do, we, we work in very small groups. Uh, most of these school groups come to us, they're only bringing five, six, seven people. So it means that rather than being in a, in a classroom environment where you've got 30 or 40 people for a teacher and a teacher and assistant, where well, you don't get much of that one on time. For me, yeah, I actually get to know these kids and, and you know, uh, we build a relationship. There's no sir, it's, it's Al or Alex or whatever they want to call me. And we go on, we work together.
1: So you're with them for over a period of time, so yeah,
0: several months. Yes, yeah, sure. Some of them for um, a day a week over several months, some for less time, some just for ad hoc sessions. And it, and it all works. The, the best stuff is where you, you really, really build that relationship up with the young people over a few months and you get to know each other and they build confidence in you. And, and actually you build confidence in them, which allows you to push them a bit harder and sort of um, take them out and do some slightly more extreme activities and things with them. It
1: must um, be very rewarding to see them grow as well, just sort of seasons yeah. and where they came from
0: yeah you know I've got some um, I've got youngsters which I still keep in contact with um, from when I first started at Weymouth College uh, and I call them youngsters but they're like some of them in their mid-20s and
1: uh, they're so definitely they not
0: youngsters it. anymore but um, yeah. there's one, one young man who's he's, he's, um, doing really well he's out working on super yachts um, in the Meds and I think he was in Fiji last time I heard from him and, and all over the shop and some of these guys that said they just needed a bit of a nudge and as it turned out they, they, they have found their way and um they've been super successful off the back of it, which is um yeah, it's pretty pretty rewarding when you do see them years later and go, Oh, you turned out all right, didn't you?
1: Yeah, must feel must feel pretty good. Oh, amazing. Well, whenever we catch up, uh, outside the reader office and stuff, there's always something to talk about and it quite often comes back to this sort of mental health yeah. side of things and um, you just sort of checking in with each other and, and I think for the the, the the sort of give theme, it's quite a difficult one in some respects. But actually, just do you know what? Sometimes when you're having a bad day, just wandering past someone and saying how you doing, and just or just giving a smile or something like that, that really kind of makes you. It makes you feel positive up a bit. And I guess that's one of the things that we want to promote during the, the the week and on the day that this podcast goes out particularly it's just that that idea that actually it doesn't take that much to give something to somebody else
0: well you know I, i've I've talked to my brother at some at some length about this and um this whole thing and we make sure that you know if we haven't heard from each other once a week we, we will just send each other a text and go are you all right and, and i think um it's breaking down that barrier of, uh, of thinking you have to say yeah i am all right all the time even to your own family and understand that you know it's okay to go no, you know what? I've had a pretty uh, lousy week and this and that's happened. And God, they've annoyed me and whatever else. And oh. and um, sometimes just, just chit-chatting away and um, is the best thing. But I said I, I, I had some problems over the winter. And the very best thing I did was was to text my brother and go, I am not all right. I need, need some help. And as soon as I did that, before I even had a response from him, just like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And, you know, I just opened up and gone, I need some help. And I knew that someone was going to be there for me. Um, and that was the very, very best best thing i could have done as it turned out
1: yeah there's such a stigma around talking about mental health so actually i think that stops a lot of people from from even starting and as soon as you as you say as soon as you you start you open the floodgates almost
0: yeah you know i, I talk about mental health is still not something that comes very naturally to me and as i said until even just a few years ago i would have been that guy who said you no know, it doesn't exist um and i have to say i still i still if i'm honest i find it a, a bit embarrassing but from I mean, from that that give point of view, I so said I've got a two-year-old and um, and I've got a four-year-old, and I, I don't want them to grow up in a society where they are embarrassed. You know, there's a very good chance that one of them at some point is going to struggle in some way, and I want them to be able to come to us uh, and talk about it and go, you know, what? Well, actually, I, I know that Daddy struggled at some points, and and um, I, I probably will again at some points, but I want them to be able to come to speak to us and also speak to their friends and speak openly about it. So yeah no this is this is this sort of thing is very very uncomfortable for me but I am I'm, I'm truly trying to force myself to be as open about it as possible because I think um actually once you start talking to people they go oh yeah no we know what you're talking about and yeah that anxiety and that feeling of vertigo and uh, being really down and not being able to get out of bed in the morning yeah no we get that and you go you know I think there's more of us out there than you think
1: yeah definitely absolutely and the more we can talk about it and in some respects on the, on the giving theme, actually, part of that is is actually giving your time and, and being available for people who who have taken that really brave step of actually saying, you know what, I'm I'm not doing all right at the moment. I could really do with a helping hand right now. And like you, I was really lucky growing up that I had a supportive family. And I think that give almost kind of give and support sit side by side. You know, I couldn't, I probably wouldn't be the person sitting here talking to you right now without my the support from my folks when I was uh, when I was growing up. In my late teens, I'm really, really grateful to them for the the time they took and the support and just the understanding, I think, that they gave me. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really hear you on that one. Awesome. Well, I won't put you to any more embarrassing questions, I promise.
0: <laughs> not embarrassing, just a bit awkward still. You know? I'm not sure if i will ever become completely comfortable with uh, ch- chatting about this sort of thing, but I, I hope yeah. I do, and I hope um, I hope other people do too, because it-, it shouldn't be embarrassing, I know.
1: It's one of those things, I guess, that you can, you can it is... Partly stereotypical, in terms of you said earlier, you know, you feel like the stereotypical bloke who, who bloke is that the right word? man Chap. chap. <laughs> there we go. We'll go with chap. Um, who he doesn't like to talk about how you're feeling and that sort of stuff. And but I think there are probably equally as many women who don't who bottle their feelings up rather than to, talking about it. It's it is I think has always been perceived to to be the chap who uh, who don't say anything, but the side the strong silent type. <laughs> But yeah, I think that there's equally there's, there's as many women as well. And uh, I'm with you. I think it's something that's important and it needs to be talked about because there's too many things that get swept under the carpet um, in society that are deemed as unacceptable to be spoken about when actually it's, it's really, really important that they are. So we'll leave it there. And, yep. uh Thank you, Bea. Thank you ever so much for, for coming in. And thank you for, uh, for overcoming the awkwardness. And, no worries.
0: Uh, I'm quite an know. awkward chap, so I wouldn't worry about that.
1: <laughs> Amazing! Thanks, Al. I'm no worries. To escape back to uh, to the sessions we are running this afternoon, and uh,
0: yep. paddleboarding.
1: Paddleboarding, yeah. Get out on the water and enjoy enjoy the new boat as well. Yeah, I will. To everyone who's listening at home, or maybe on your boat potentially, to our boat folk, a little bit of a challenge for you as part of today's mental health awareness theme of give. So, if you're out and about, give someone a smile maybe if, if you can stop for a chat see how they're, how they're doing but maybe give a little bit of your time and maybe a compliment we can all spread a little bit of positivity something free and simple doesn't take much to do it's often really really overlooked and I've been told before that actually it gives someone a great beaming grin it really makes their day there you go that's, that's all from me that's all from Al how do I stop this thing? <laughs>